Welcome back to Behind the Business Curtain. I am your host, Ryan Hansen. Today, we've got a great interview lined up with Pavan Santu, the ADU dude. If you are anything like me, you had no idea what an ADU is or uh, how to apply it to your life. We're going to dig into that today. Pavan, welcome to Behind the Business Curtain. How are you, sir? I am doing wonderful, blessed. Thanks for for having me on, Ryan. I so thoroughly enjoyed our brief call when we first got to meet. I can't even remember what we were talking about, but um, I couldn't not invite you onto the show because I'm really impressed with what you've got going on. Thanks, man. Uh, it was great. Um, like you said, I think we talked about a lot of different things and we we're just uh, vibing and uh, respecting each other's uh, craft and, and grind. We understand how how much time and energy it takes to be able to do what we're doing. So yeah, yeah. I think we we're hitting on uh, a lot of different nice points. I super dig it. So let's jump right into what an ADU is and how that is uh, what you do, what what your business is about. Yeah, no problem. So an ADU is an accessory dwelling unit. It's also known as a granny flat, guest house, in-law suite, casita, whatever you want to call it. It's basically a secondary dwelling, not your primary dwelling. And um, how I got into it was California passed this law and said basically any single family house can have up to two ADUs. Um, I had just got out out of a real estate project where I built something that was really hard. Uh, it cost a lot of money and I learned a lot of lessons. And then this new law came out and I was like, okay, I can apply my lessons that I've learned and my previous experience building an ADU to be able to really help uh, other people build ADUs. The coolest thing about the ADUs is uh, they changed my life. So I couldn't think of a better thing to do than to change my name to the ADU dude. It was uh, it was kind of uh, some serendipity, I think. I dig it. So what... Uh- Explain the difference. What did the law change to where the first time you did it, it was expensive and hard. Now it's less so and you're getting to teach people. What what was the what the shift? What was the change? Yeah, basically there was like a state mandate passed down where every local jurisdiction had to abide by the state mandates. So as opposed to everybody making their own rules up, making it as difficult as possible, the state's like, yeah. no, this is what you have to do. So it just made the process easier than ever. It waived a bunch of fees, impact fees, like all those things that makes building in California really expensive. They yeah. removed those barriers. You know, California yeah. needs the housing. So, you know, whatever they can do to show that they're supporting it, I think, you know, that's the goal. And you've seen other things come out since then, like SB9 and SB10, where yeah. they're allowing you to split split lots. They're allowing you to go up to 10 units, high density. So California is really just trying to help, you know, solve our housing crisis, really. So they've alleviated the burdens or the the roadblocks for somebody to to. I guess, build an ADU on their house. Can you tell me about what that actually looks like? We talked briefly about it, but that like converting a garage, doing VRBO, have an office in your backyard. Like what are, what are some yeah. other ways that people can use these? Yeah, no, great question. So it's pretty interesting. The University of Berkeley did this study uh, from 2018 to 2019, whoever completed an ADU, they sent out a survey uh, to like over 4,000 homes. They had uh, roughly 300 something homeowners respond. And the majority of homeowners 
do not use their ADU for income purposes. Typically, the main reason people are using an ADU is for additional space. Nowadays, it's obvious to think of a home office, right? But, but even before that, from the original origination of the room, of the name, mother-in-law suite, granny yeah. flat, you know, people are recognizing, hey, they want to live closer and closer to their families. And what better way of aging than to be able to age with the support of your, you know, family around you? I think it's, it's really ideal. So you're seeing these, rise in multi-generational housing uh, households, really. Yeah, I love it. So what is it that you help uh, people do? Is there is there a system? Is it a monetization system for those that want to do VRBO? What do you do all day? Yeah, so given those facts that I just said, Ryan, uh, most people don't use it for income. Yeah, I'm trying to help people use it for income. Because awesome. <laughs> yeah. that's really my story. That's how I started. And, you know, I basically at a high level used an FHA loan to purchase this old 1910 house that had a detached garage on a big lot. And what I did was I took a loan where I had to put down like 10 grand right. uh, to buy the house. And then I used whatever money I had left and how much ever I could borrow, like imaginable, you know, like credit cards, whatever it took. Like I borrowed a bunch of money, fixed up the house and completed the ADU in the back. Uh, that mm -hmm. was the first thing I did. And that ADU has been rented out since then, paying my entire mortgage, allowing me to live for free and, you know, eventually escape my day job and, uh, a you know, pursue my passions and things like that, which were, you know, real estate, you know, achieving some wealth through some rental doors owned. So basically now the gist of it, Ryan, is what I'm trying to help people do all day long is turn single family houses into small apartment buildings so you can live for free. You I know, most it. people's biggest expense is their housing expense. Yes. If you can remove that, you know, sometimes it's not about how much money you make every month. It's how much you keep. And just by doing that, like it really changed my life. And that's why I want to continue to help other people do. So I'm taking my offline business, right? Because I mentioned earlier, I'm building some houses. I've done that kind of stuff. Right. So for people that actually are like super hands off and they're like, hey, can you just build this for me? I do a lot of that. You know, we uh, I have a company here locally in, in Sacramento and San Francisco where we do uh, building and ADU consulting called Local ADU Builder. Uh, but also online, I'm showing people how to do it. So, you know, I had a podcast and that's how we met. You know, yeah. I still have the podcast. It's where I share stories from homeowners and investors who are in the ADU space. But also then I'm trying to teach people how to get into the ADU space. Oh, that's fantastic. And it sounds like you have fun doing it. Man, it's a lot of fun. I really call it like uh, the new green rush, the new gold rush. Um, you know, it's whatever you want to call it in California, I believe, you know, it's it's a huge opportunity. You basically, if you want to look at it, you have free land in California, the most uh, desirable uh, land in all the land that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not cheap here for sure. I'm in Fresno and it, like it's, it's painful down here too. Um, yeah. Just in the whole yeah. state. There's no, it's not really a way to escape that. There's not. And no. you know, in certain places you can't get more land, right? You can't put any more houses. It's, it's done, but in a lot of these urban infill districts, you know, you got these deep lots. So now the laws, you know, there's so much in your favorable for favorable favor, excuse me, for like a small timer to be able to get in there and just buy a house on a big lot, 
add an ADU or two, split the thing, you know, put another house on the other side or just sell the land, yeah. you know, whatever, whatever you want. Like, I mean, it's a huge uh, opportunity and with rates, probably it's never been cheaper to borrow money, maybe ever. Right. You know, I think it's a great time for people to get in and I just want to show people how to capitalize on this maybe once in a lifetime opportunity, right? I love it. Um, is there a time where you see the laws changing back to where it gets more difficult or is, like, basically, is this a, a finite window of time when people should jump in? Yeah, so it actually is finite. Thanks for asking. June 30th, 2023 is basically when the fee waivers expire. Okay. So, you know, those impact fees that we talked about earlier right. on June 20, June 2023, at the end of the month, uh, those impact fees may no longer apply. You know, laws always change, new things yeah. come out. But as of right now, um, that's when the fee waiver stops. So, I mean, you know, that's a yeah. significant savings. Like I'm talking, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars sometimes. Like it Oof. is per oh, home, like real per money. Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I mean, impact fees are so real. Like that's why building is so expensive, and not a mm -hmm. lot of people get into it. I mean, when you talk about impact fees, think of it like this: the state or the city, more so, the local jurisdictions. Like, hey, because you're putting this new house there and potentially a new family these are all the things that that's going to impact. It's going to impact our schools. We're going to need, we're going to make room for your children yeah. or whatever family for schools, you know, and that could be a significant amount. You know, they could tell you that you need to put in a street light. They could tell you that you need to finish the curve. They could tell you, like in my case, you have to dig a manhole and put in the street light and finish the alley. Like yeah. the city could say wherever you want. So because of this new mandate, that's why I say it's such a huge opportunity. And that's what gets me fired up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's finite. They could extend it, but there's no guarantee of that. Um, where, what do you see people struggling with the most with this concept of ADU? Like, are, are there reservations on like, oh, is it going to, you know, increase foot traffic if I've got a renter in the back? Like, what is, what are things that are holding people back? And how do you overcome those? Yeah, I what I would say, Ryan, it's because all the rumors are true. It's hard to do business in California. It's California bureaucracy at its finest at yeah. every level. Like it is ridiculous. Even though they have this state law and this state mandate, there's still plenty of local planning people that will give you the wrong information, send you down the wrong path, have you do anything imaginable mm. other than choose the state law, you know, and navigating the bureaucracy, the process, submission, I think that is definitely the hardest part. And that's what people don't want to deal with. You know, like people like us, people with, you know, jobs, even, you know, yeah. it's like you spent, you can't spend all that time and energy dealing with the back and forth, the submitting, uh, communicating with all the different uh, professionals that are involved. And to find a general contractor who's willing to do that, it's very hard. You know, yeah. the it's, it's like a space that's untouched because, the GCs, the home builders that are really killing it, you know, they're building hundreds of homes. You right, know, that's the Lennars, yeah. the the big one. Yeah, they're building a neighborhood right next to our our uh, our neighborhood here. And exactly. I remember going to the the town hall things. We were pushing back to, for it to not be uh, high density and to keep mm -hmm. it at medium because we're low, and so it would be like a very big gap right there across the street. And it's like, hmm. But I remember all the environmental surveys and all the things like that's a headache. I don't want to deal with that. 
That's why Elon left. (laughs) Right. That's why Tim Ferriss left. You know, that's why. But that's just a small list, right? And companies are endless. The people that uh, want to move away from California because of all the difficulty. It's just, it's just a reality of doing business. And it's like, at what level do you want to deal with it? I mean, I helped someone this week, Ryan, this guy worked for the city planning department for 30 years. He did, he's a contractor licensed and does side work on the weekends. Yeah. And even he was like, dude, <laughs> I don't want to do this. Like, can you do it for me? What's your, what's your package? You know, what, how can you get this done? I was like, man, that just goes to show you how much like headaches, how many headaches yeah. have evolved. Well, yeah. Aside from it just resonating that, that it's a headache, that's a huge compliment to you, man. So that's great. That's great. Yeah, that that had to, to feel know good. what you're looking out for. You know, you yeah. have to know what you're looking out for. You have to be in it day to day. It's hard if you just, you know, the first time you're just submitting a permit, like going through the process. So, you know, that's that's the benefit and that's what we're doing. And we're we're learning by doing. You know, it's yeah. not like we do all this overnight. I mean, I just built my first three homes and then I I got a couple more projects and I just keep adding those uh learning lessons under my belt. I dig it. So I know time is finite. I want to respect your time. I'm going to get into some more generic uh, business questions in general. Sure. Um, so uh, what are some of the things that folks starting businesses, whether online or in person, and you have experience with both, that folks need to not stress about or not spend time or money doing? They're, they're useless, but common culture and entrepreneurship dictates that they have to do it. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing that I learned would be that there's so many things that you could do and should be doing, but it's impossible to do everything. Yeah. You know, there's that you should maybe you should post on this platform or post at this time or, you know, be active in a certain sense. And it's it's really hard to do everything. And I, I would my biggest tip and advice would be just do what feels natural. Do what you like. You know, like an example is like, hey, you post on Twitter and LinkedIn and that's where your business is most prevalent. That's where your audience is. But every time you post on LinkedIn, it feels like such a chore or a job. But anytime you go and and you tweet something out, it just feels natural. Yeah. You know, you want to be where you can feel most natural and, and be your most present self. So I would say that's my biggest advice on that, Ryan. I dig it. I, I feel the pressure to get you know, maximum optimization on, you know, ROI for this Google ad or whatever it is that we're focusing on that week. And I do have to step back and I'm like, you know what? No, like talking to people about stuff like this. This is exciting. This I could do all day. It doesn't consume my energy. So giving people permission to focus on what brings home the bacon in the way that they were built to do it. I love it. Um, if there were something that you could automate that would save you time or money in your business online or the, the brick and mortar, what would it be? I would say a, a streamlined distribution type of service network. And I know there's different types that are out there, you know, that allow you to cross post and promote and do things. But mm-hmm. reality is like we have content. Right. And I really like to look at it at like this macro content, right? That you do, you spend time, you doing macro long stuff. Yeah. Well, all that content can be broken up and used so many times over. Right. I really love this term of do more with your content instead of focusing on just doing more content. 
you know, and yes. I think we lose out on that so much. And that's what I would really like to get help solved. You know, like for me, example, you know, I, I have a podcast, but, you know, I, I want to put out YouTube shorts and I do put out YouTube shorts. I put out tweets. I have blog articles, a LinkedIn posts, you know, Facebook, all that stuff. And it's like, hey, I, I need some help doing it a, a little yeah. better way. So I really think there's a huge opportunity, Ryan, for like content managers and people that want to have more so of like an agency agent type of approach mm -hmm. on that. I think that is really huge because we want to automate it, but it still needs to feel natural, right? You yes. can't just, it, you know, when it's coming from a computer. I do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you some links uh, after this. I think uh, I can, I can point you in the right direction. One that's oh, coming you. to mind. So you can look it up. It's called Sweetfish Media. Mm. Um, the company I work for build online, uh, had parts in, in getting that platform up and running, but they, it's called content stacking. So you take one podcast like this and you break that out into blogs, tweets, all of the things. And so, you know, just maximize that. And it's, uh, kind of a cool service. So I'm still Sweet doing fish. that stuff manually. So we'll get there yeah. one day. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll write that down. Definitely. Sweetfish. Thank you. Sweetfish. Yeah. Um, all right. So what, what are some of the barriers that you're dealing with right now? Is it finding customers? Is it marketing? We just talked about, you know, distributing uh, content. What, what are some things that you're working on right now? Um, I would say, you know, as a business owner, Ryan, as someone who's doing something, a creator, whatever you are, you know, you have like 17 different hats you're wearing. Right. There's so much to do. There's so much that you deem as being important. There's so much noise out there, right? Internally yeah. and externally. You know, I think it's just a daily practice of just trying to get better, trying to be scheduled, you know, trying to organize, trying to make blocks of time to be able to handle certain things. And, you know, uh, the other part of it too is just not just focus. Don't just focus on work. Like, you know, it, it could be draining. Like, Personally, like I, I swear I've been going hard, hard over the, at least this last 10, 12 days, like where I've been up like at 3, 4 a.m. And like I've just been like really yeah. grinding and like, you know, that's just not sustainable. Uh, so like today was the first day like I got to sleep in and relax. I'm getting ready for a little vacation this weekend uh, with the boys. So I'm like, you know, like, I'm, man, I had a good month. Like, you know, I had a good third quarter. Like, let me just let's kick uh, back. Yeah, get yeah. ready for the fourth quarter. You know, don't look at it in a day, in an hour, in maybe sometimes even a week. You know, look at it, step back in a bigger picture. Like, all right, where am I at, and where am I trying to go? You know, just making more time for that. Stop and smell the roses, as they say. I dig it. Yeah, man. yep. And I yeah. see the pictures behind you. So I've got four kids. So that's a good reminder to get out there and go play for a little bit. So, yeah, man, that's excellent. All right, so last. Question: If listeners could do one thing after leaving this podcast, what uh, what would you want them to know and go do? Something they could implement right away. Yeah, if there's a listener in California, even outside of California, you know, if your desire is to be a homeowner, if your desire is to really make some wealth, consider buying property. You know, most of the wealth in America has been centered around some type of property ownership. So I encourage you, if you're not a homeowner, buy a house. And if you already have a house, look at your house and look at the space. You know, do you have a do you have a detached garage? Do you have room to put some more space on your house and help other people? Because we need the housing. And, um, you know, there's a lot you could do with your property to help other people. Okay. So actually, I'm going to back up just one second because I want to clarify something. 
If yeah. somebody were to put an ADU on their space, can they use that as a business or are those zoning laws still different? Like, say, office sharing or uh, a mini bakery or something like that? Yeah. So um, there's plenty of home-based businesses, right? Cottage food laws where you could do stuff like that at your home. You know, you just have to toe a fine line between, you know, a commercial business and your own business. You know, there's people run daycares, you know, people have, a. there's plenty of articles out there on different uses of, you know, an ADU and there's great examples of people using it for education, for home offices, for, you know, like that music studios, bakeries, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, people use it for whatever they want. At the end of the day, once you get it built, permitted, it's yours. You know, not a lot of people could tell you what you could do on the inside. Now, if you're a a nuisance, you know, causing some types of problems, I think that's when uh, things can come into play. So don't put a meth lab in there. Don't, yeah, don't, okay. don't do all the breaking bad stuff. <laughs> right, just, che- just checking, just checking. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm a home brewer. I brew beer. And so I have a nice. walk-in chiller in my third car garage with six taps coming out of the front. And Rick, I used man. that as a set to record uh, a, a, a brewing show. So oh, nice. like, that's, that's what's coming to mind for me. I'm like, oh yeah, it could be a photography studio, something like that. So uh, Oh yeah. Once totally. you have the space, you have so many uses for it. That's the nice thing is like, Ask yourself if you're a homeowner, like, what could I do with additional space that would make my life better, right? Yeah. And for so many people over the last 18 months, two years, it's like a no-brainer. It's like, damn, I need a home office. You know, yeah. yeah. But even before that, right, it's like, hey, I got to bring my mom closer to me. Or, hey, my kids graduated college yeah. and, like, they still need some time figuring it out. But, you know, they don't want to be – we don't want them all up in our stuff. They don't want to be in our stuff. Get out. Like, <laughs> Get yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I dig yeah. it, man. All right. So how do people find you? Uh, you're the ADU dude. You've got a podcast. That's where I want everyone to go check this out. Uh, how do they find you? Yeah, no, thank you. So if you look on podcast, uh, any podcast platform, you could find the ADU show. It's a show all about accessory dwelling units. I'm also on Instagram and, and Twitter at the ADU dude, all, all, all jumbled up in there together, the ADU dude. And if you have any questions, you, you're, you're interested in getting into it, feel free to slide in my DMs and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions and be of support as I can. I love it. Sandy, thank you, my, my good sir. I'm sure we'll be in touch again. Folks, there you have it. Now you know what an ADU is and uh, how awesome of an opportunity it could be for you. So, And you know where to go to get more information about it. So thank you. This has been great. And I will catch you next time. Thanks, Ryan. This episode of Behind the Business Curtain is brought to you by Build Online. Build Online is your one-stop shop for web development and mobile app design, and they're ready to bring your app idea to life. Their process starts with a one-day in-person blueprint meeting where they get clear on your goal and vision for the project, and it ends with an MVP app that's ready to launch and market. Build Online offers you access to a full team of developers and designers, along with a dedicated project manager that will own your vision for the project and give you weekly updates so you're never in the dark. At Build Online, they don't do project-based billing or long-term contracts. You just review the completed work and pay an invoice every two weeks avoiding the traditional money pit model that may have bitten you in the past. Book a call with me at buildonline.io and we can figure out a plan to bring your app idea to life.